Praise God. I want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians 4.16. Well, actually, chapter 5. Chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians. And this is a little bit different. <laughs> you know, I'm not really much of a, I guess, or haven't been, I should say that, a preacher teacher on end times. I've always loved it when Pastor Jay did. I've always loved that. Uh, I do studying along that line. But in all honesty, I was reading, I was preparing, and I was going to be ministering more on authority. And, and we'll just see where we go today. Because it's kind of one of those services where you just have to be led. And I got caught up about two, three, four hours reading a book uh, by Reverend Charles Capps on the end times yesterday. And I couldn't put it down. And there were certain things that it's like, I don't remember him saying that. I don't remember him saying that. Um, so did you know that Brother Capps, now he was somebody that Dad Hagen, who was our spiritual father for several years, when he went to be the Lord, you know, we hooked up with uh, the Dufresne Ministries, which we are so blessed, uh, Dr. Dufresne, for several years, and Pastor Nancy Dufresne, if you have heard of her, she's on now Brother Copeland's daily broadcast, so uh, praise the Lord, the word's getting out. She's our pastor, and we are so blessed by her, praise the Lord. Um, we did attend Rhema Bible Training Center several years ago. We were very hooked up there. But when Dad Hagen went to be with the Lord, the Lord dealt with us. Your supply has changed to California. And we still love uh, the Hagen ministry and, and the ministry there. Have nothing bad to say about them. But at the same time, when the Lord dealt with us, your ministry uh, now has switched to California. He hooked us up with the Frame Ministries and Dr. Frame, Pastor Nancy. And now uh, Pastor Jay is on their board and we're part of the Fresh Oil Fellowship there. And we go there and minister and uh, at their Bible school and such. And what a blessing it is. Actually, we should have been in Israel a couple of weeks ago and hey we didn't you know why that didn't happen but anyway <laughs> praise the Lord we're praying for our country aren't we and it's it's not always easy to know how to pray and if you want me to get up here and say uh, several things I, I won't I only say this there's a lot happening in the background that we don't know about and am I for Israel, Palestine, Gaza, this and that? I'm for God. And I'm for people that are living and, and not dying, put it that way. So in that respect, we're praying for righteousness to prevail. And that would be the best way to do because there are evil people everywhere. And there are things that we don't always know about. And in, in one strong uh, word of warning uh, to not just say things that you don't know about because there's so much going on behind the scenes. Even in the Ukraine, now it's starting to come out how the, the government there was killing their own people. And, you know, I won't even go into some of the stuff that was going on there. So I'm just saying you can take sides with somebody, but you don't always know what's going on. Amen. Are you against Russia? No, I'm, I'm with God. <laughs> and... Um, I'm just saying that if you want to know how to pray, pray that righteousness prevails. Pray that God would turn hearts. And really, it's getting the gospel out. I said it's getting the gospel out. Now, Jesus did say, watch the fig tree. 
and that is Israel. So, you know, we're in the last days. <laughs> I'm just saying, we're in the last days. And in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, it says, but concerning, verse 1, the times and the seasons, brethren, you have n no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves are perfect, know perfectly well that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they say, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. Um, and it says, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. So I guess if anything that we would emphasize today, that we are sons and daughters of the light. In Isaiah 60, it says, arise, shine for your light has come. But did you know that darkness is coming in a stronger way in this earth? But we are the light and we are the ones that are holding off the darkness. Now, I tend to believe with, yeah, you can split theological hairs over this. I tend to believe with uh, bro Brother Charles Caps that we're going to be very quickly coming up, taken away with the Lord and going into a seven-year period where the tribulation will be here on the earth. I believe we're taken out and it's going to be a hard life to live down here on this earth. There will be many come to Christ during that time. But then after that, there's going to be a thousand-year millennium. And, and, and will reign uh, for a thousand years, amen, here on this earth. And the devil and his cohorts are going to be chained up, and then they're going to be thrown in the lake of fire. So I'm just saying, there's no reason to worry. But it is a time to be sober, because we're seeing already signs of a pre-trib, so to speak. We're already seeing many things happening, and we have rumors of wars and, and, rumor, and, and sickness and diseases. You understand these things. But in, then on the other side of it, there are good things happening behind the scene. And because I'm a researcher and I'm not going to go into it, but there are good things. There are, uh, there are good things that are happening that many people don't even know about, that even some of the military aren't even able to tell their families and that there's things that are going on that are good things. Cleaning up child trafficking and all kind of stuff happening. Uh, what do you believe about the president? The, the present president. I believe that I'm praying for the president. <laughs> That's what I believe. And that righteousness would prevail. Amen. And there's a lot I could say, but as a preacher of the gospel, and Pastor Jay and I have taken a stand that we don't believe that we should get up here and just spew political things because you say one thing and then this happens. I will say this, that before the day before the 2020 election, I had done praying during that time, but I just, it's like in my heart, it's like, was I praying enough and this and that? And I just talked to the Lord and I asked him about the 2020 election the day before. And he talked to me about that. I've talked about that to this church and I've not moved from that. Well, what is that, Pastor Debbie? Well, if you remember, you know. If you don't, then I'm not saying anything today about it. But I will say this. I have not changed my position of what I believe God said to me. And one of the, one of the things that he said to me is don't get distracted. 
don't get distracted. Have I heeded that fully? No, and I've had to repent several times because there have been times where I got caught up, you know, just trying to do too much research. What's going on here? What's going on there? And, and not that it's wrong to know what's going on in your country, or, but there are just, there's so much misinformation out there that you have to be careful of that. But I do believe that for the body of Christ, good things are happening. Now, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, and we have a promise of heaven. So how can we not be excited? If I were to die today, if I were to be taken captive and die today, and that's not going to happen, uh, I'm just saying, I have a promise of heaven. And there are people in this world that don't have that promise. So why would we live in fear? Why do we get up in the morning living in fear? You know, there are many people that get up in the morning and they don't know where their next meal is going to come from. We've been so blessed. I don't think anybody in this room has quite dealt with that the way some have. And maybe some in here, and that's one of the reasons why we as a church family, we are providing Christmas meals. And uh, as the Lord leads us, we provide finances as long as somebody uh, is treating those finances properly. <laughs> you understand? Because we're not just going to be giving tithes and offerings to individuals who are not tithing themselves, who are not following counsel of what we're asking. You know, they come to us and, and they need things and we're, 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 we're giving them some counsel. They don't want to follow that, but when they need money, guess where they come? I'm just saying that there are reasons that we uh, don't just give out your hard-earned money that, you know, coming to the tithes and offerings. There are reasons. We're not a socialist church. I said we are not a socialist church, but we are a church that is led by the Spirit. And we have given many. We have wiped out daycare bills. We have given money. I'm just saying we have done that. We even had somebody recently on Facebook, and I don't need to defend. I'm just saying who was upset because we didn't give them money. But you don't know everything behind it. We're not going to let everybody know everything behind it. But (laughs) another line under that is you ain't going to get any money either. Praise the Lord. And if you have to go on Facebook uh, with your grievances, I, you know, I pity you. Okay? I'm just saying. Praise the Lord. We are not your uh, support mechanism. The church is not your support mechanism. We are here to preach and teach the Word of God. And there are times that God leads us and, 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 and we pay people's tickets to come to activities and different things like that. And, and, and we bless people all the time. So I'm not going to be condemned uh, for not giving to somebody who has not even been a part of the church and they came for the first time and wanted money and then got mad when we wouldn't give it to them. So moving right along. It says in verse 14, 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. We were just warning you. (laughs) (laughs) Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. Aren't you glad that God's patient with you? Well, we ought to be patient with one another and pray for people. Amen. Uh, See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without 
ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Uh, it's so important that we understand don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There are a lot of weird prophecies going on today. And some that frankly, I'm not sure if they're true or not. But I want to stick with what the Bible says. And particularly those prophecies that line up with what the Word says. And because we're not living on, uh, oh, we're, we're not on the edge of every new thing that's going on out there. But there are types and shadows from Genesis 1 on. And I like what Brother Charles Cap says about if you understand the first three chapters of Genesis, you understand the whole Bible. And really, you see the redemption me uh, message in there. Yes. Well, how do you know that? Well, he talks about really, it's a type and shadow of six days or, you know, a day is as a thousand years for the Lord. Now, you don't use that for every scripture in the Bible or you're going to get off. Yeah. But particularly for uh, the Genesis 1, 2, 3, and it talks about six days God created. And on the sixth day, he created man, right? And then uh, the seventh day, really, he talks about that being the millennium rain. And then, so we see a lot of things in that fashion. And supposedly, we are supposed to be in the sixth day right now. And uh, because the last two days, or the last 2,000 years, there was four years, which was 4,000. And the last 2,000, we have uh, been, it's been the era of grace through faith. Christ came and died for us. So that just tells you a little bit. We're close. I said we're close. And we just have to understand. We've got to get things in order. And we've got to understand. Uh, we've got to know what God has called us to do. But first and foremost, we're supposed to be a part of a local church that is preaching and teaching who you are in Christ. Now, I want to read something to you. And I wouldn't always do this. But Dad Hagen talked about Brother Charles Caps quite a bit. And even Jesus talked to Dad Hagen about Brother Charles Caps and referred to him. So I think we're in good company here. If I read some things from him and I did everything I could, it's like, Lord, I don't really want to read that. But I just kept getting it back in my spirit to do so. So bear with me here. And I'm going to read a few things with you. Uh, in light, let's first of all go to Isaiah 60 because I do want to read this. Would that be all right? Yes. Isaiah 60. Now, like I said, I do... I'm a, I'm a researcher, and I do a lot of studying, but when you get up here and teach and preach to put it all together, and, you know, you don't just throw out everything. You, you've got to have revelation of what God wants to say to the people through that particular scripture, or through several scriptures. And so in that respect, just because I'm reading something yesterday doesn't already, doesn't constitute that I'm just going to teach a whole lesson on it. You understand? I don't really think that that's wisdom. And plus, we uh, follow the wisdom of God. And I've been teaching faith and certain things for years that I emphasize in authority. But I still go back and study it out so that I don't say something that's wrong. So in that respect, uh, we're going to allow what the Spirit wants to say in this service. Uh, not because I've just read some portions of the book. But we want what God has by the Spirit according to His Word. Amen? So in Isaiah 60, verse 1, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. 
and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Now, we, this is a type and shadow, is it? I mean, Christ hadn't come yet. Isaiah was prophesying. And arise, shine, for your light has come. What? The light of Christ has come to us. And Jesus lives on the inside of us. We have been restored to fellowship. Adam lost that, and we have been restored to the life of God. Uh, Ezekiel talked about that stony heart that was in man. But we know, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, we are new creatures in Christ. All things have become new. Old things have passed away. So what do we do? We don't look at last year. We don't look at the year before. And we don't, and we don't follow condemnation for sins of our past. But really, we come to Christ for the sin of just simply because we haven't believed in Him. Not because we lied when we were younger. Not because we did something wrong. Not because we looked at pornography. You understand? Those things are not righteous acts. Uh, but at the same time, that's not what saves you. Just not doing bad things. But you come and you receive Jesus. In other words, you acknowledge him as your Lord and as your Savior. And therefore, he's able to restore you just back to the original intent that he had for his son, Adam. And we become sons. Because when Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he became a servant. I said he became a servant. Why? Because he lost the creation within. You see, man was formed from the dust of the earth. He was formed from the dirt. But that wasn't creation. That was already, you know, that had already been created. The new creation was the life of God, the wind of the Spirit that was blown into us by the Holy Ghost. And when Adam lost that, he lost sonship. And he became a servant. Abraham was a servant, but how many know we're still to follow Abraham's faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So they still were able to go to the word and then they went to God and said, God, I need this. And God brought it to pass because of a covenant with them, right? And when they sinned, they were covered by uh, the blood of, you know, sacrificial animals. But today we're no longer covered. We have been cleansed. We have been, it's been completely wiped out. We become new creatures in Christ. We have been restored to complete sonship. So it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. You see, we need to know that. We need to know that we've been crowned with what we call righteousness. And really inside, because you're a new creature in Christ, you have been crowned with righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And there's a reason that people need to know that because that righteousness, you know, uh, doing good works does not make you righteous. But there's righteousness and then there's righteous acts. And there's sanctification. Sanctification, be ye holy for I am holy, is really taking that righteousness and using it. It's using your faith. It's walking in character, character, character. It's walking in love. It's it's walking in peace. It's using the peace of God. Inherent in you are seeds of peace. Inherent in you are seeds of joy. Inherent in you are seeds of faith and endurance. These are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. 
And they live inside of you and you can develop these things just like you develop a muscle. And that muscle is automatically there, but if you want it to grow, you've got to use it. We've got to use our love walk. We've got to use, amen. So uh, we are crowned with righteousness. That means that we are righteous inside. And that righteousness allows you to do righteous acts. The Holy Ghost within you helps you to do everything you need to do. And you might say, Pastor Debbie, I, I don't know how to live right. My friend... All you have to do is lay down what you think you know and take up what God wor- God's word says. And it says, I can do all things. Amen. And if you put that in your mouth, in the midst of maybe just five minutes ago, you sinned. If you say, Lord, I can do all things through you who strengthens me. You may not think this is important, but if we're going to walk as children of the light, If we're going to be a witness, if we're going to get other people saved to come to Christ, we're going to have to be an example with righteous acts. It's not going to be enough just to say, I'm righteous. People are hearing that all the time. They want to see some righteousness. They want to see some love. They want to see some blessing. And you know, you may say, well, yeah, that church down there doesn't have any love. Didn't give me any money when I went there. Well, that's not what the church is set up to do. The church is not set up to pay your bills. The church is set up to teach and to preach. And to help you, to train you in your righteousness. Who you are in Christ. And there's a reason we come here and we fellowship together. We're as a family because we're encouraging one another in who we are in Christ. And then we go from here and we teach other people who they can be in Christ or who they are in Christ and how they're healed, how they've been financially. That We have a threefold redemption. And you can tell people Jesus died on the cross that you could be healed. Jesus died on the cross so that you could have financial prosperity. It doesn't mean that you can't bless people. I bless people all the time financially. People I don't even know. But I'm led by the Spirit of God. I'm not conned. I'm just saying. I mean, I've had people come up to me at the local Walmart, want money, and I wasn't led to give it to them. And I have no problem if somebody's in a wheelchair, not making fun of anybody, but it doesn't matter to me if they're in a wheelchair or if they're not in a wheelchair. Now, compassion will come over me many times if somebody is in a wheelchair and it's like, I want to be a blessing. I want to help. But there have been times where I purpose in my heart, okay, I'm going to bless them. And the Lord's like, don't do it. Don't do it. They're a con artist. I'm just saying. So we need to be led by the spirit of God, don't we? Amen. So it says deep darkness, uh, but the Lord will uh, uh, arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. See, that's what we, we have to let our light so shine that we, men may see our good works and thus glorify God. Amen. So the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see they all gathered together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. 
The, yeah, and it just goes on and on and on. And uh, he says, I will glorify the house of my glory. Praise the Lord. But did you know it says that darkness will cover the earth? But it's the light of Christians that's really keeping that darkness from going any further than what it has. We've had a lot of darkness going on. I said we have. But let me read something to you. I said all that to say this. Uh, I've been talking about uh, Brother Charles Capps. And I just want to, he talks about the time is short. And we're going to read some scriptures as well. But I want to read this, and let let me preface some things here after I read it. And he said, uh, triangle of the end. Several years ago, while teaching a series of meetings, a spirit of prophecy came upon me. The prophecy pertained to the triangle of the end. I saw in the spirit a large, acute triangle, and these words came forth. As you approach the triangle at the end, time shall grow faster and closer, faster and closer, until the wicked shall be cut off. That's a good thing. As those words came forth, I saw in my spirit, as it were, a large, acute triangle. It was standing on end, looking somewhat like an inverted pyramid with a line drawn down the center. And don't get off on pyramids or whatever, all that. Anyway, that's not what he's, he's not glorifying a pyramid, okay? He's talking about a triangle. With a line drawn down the center for the wide top to the narrow point. So it's a triangle that's doing this, okay? Being wide at the top and very narrow at the bottom. It resembled a funnel. Inside this triangle was light. But outside was darkness. Very interesting. And then he says the prophetic word continued. There was a time when you could be cut off from the center line of the triangle and still be inside the triangle of light. But as you approach the end of the triangle, you must move to the center line. For line must be upon line, precept upon precept. I could see that if you were off from the center line at the bottom end of the triangle, you would be outside of the triangle of light and in darkness. I understood uh, that was the way the wicked could be cut off. Even though they were to one side of the center line, God's word at the top of the triangle of time, they were still in the light. But at the narrow end, which represented the end of the age, everyone who was not on the center line or the precept of God's word at the end of the age would be in darkness. As we approach the seventh millennium, time seems to have accelerated and prophetic events are being compressed. Together we have entered the triangle at the end. Praise God. So with that, I want to read something else. And I think this will be the last thing from Brother Caps. At this point, I'll be reading. But it says, what an exciting time it is to see prophecy fulfilled almost daily. Right before our own eyes. God has allotted a specific time for prophetic end time events. And they must transpire in his timing to fulfill all prophetic scriptures concerning the mature and glorious church referred to by Paul in Ephesians 4.13. We're going to read that in a minute. As a perfect man ministering in the fullness of Christ. This will be a short work of righteousness. And will culminate with the rapture of the church. And I do want to go to Ephesians 4.13. So let's go on there. 
Are you with me today? Yes. Ephesians 4.13. Praise the Lord. Praise so, Brother Caps is a general in the body of Christ, and he's went home to be with the Lord. So, just, it's good to hear from our elders in that respect, Amen. isn't it? Amen. Maybe you don't know much about his ministry, that, and I'm not necessarily saying you have to go listen to all his CDs and, and what have you. I'm just saying that he seems to be a very stable minister and for years just emphasized the faith message and confession and who you are in Christ and speaking out who you are in Christ and uh, seemed to be a very stable man and, and uh, came, uh, he was a farmer. I mean, can you get any better than that? Praise the Lord. We're, we're Iowans, right? <laughs> Amen. Uh, and he came into the ministry. But it was interesting because I, I listened to an uh, interview with his daughter, Annette. And she mentioned that at the end of his ministry, some people didn't understand because he changed his message and started talking about the second coming of Christ. Very interesting. Because he said... People are going to have to know this time is being shortened. People are going to have to know that we're in the sixth day. People are going to have to know that there is a millennium. There is a tribulation coming and there is a millennium where we will reign with Christ. And people need to be so minded rather than so caught up on this earth that they're forgetting it's close. And as ministers and as your pastors, it's our responsibility. And of course, Pastor Jay has taught on the end times over the years. Wonderful job at that. And I'm going to be ministering and studying on it a lot more and sharing what the Holy Ghost tells me. You know, I really just, I wanted to preach something else. I was like, Lord, really? I mean, I like to read on these things, but, but it seems to me, and don't quote me on this, but it seems that God is even taking a paradigm shift in some things that I'm supposed to be right. preaching and ministering, that they're going to have more an air of the second coming of Christ. Now, we know that Pastor Jay, years ago, he was laying there, uh, I think, in his backyard, and, and he saw the stars, and in it, he, he saw Jesus is coming soon. Go tell my people Jesus is coming soon. So it is, and, and that's what the Word says. Amen. I said, that's what the word says. We are supposed to tell people Jesus is coming soon. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is coming soon. We have to be prepared. It's not just a matter of us acknowledging that Jesus is coming soon, but what are we doing to hasten that? You see, it's been shortened, but we are part of the shortening process. God is using hands on earth to help shorten the process. What do you mean? We are supposed to be sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are supposed to be examples of the light shining. Why are we pastoring two churches? Because the time is growing short. And people all over the world need to hear the gospel. And how many know that you can share your pastors and share some people to help a church get started in Kansas City? Why? Because that is part of the shortening process. That is part of us doing our part 
And whether you go with or whether you stay here and involved in helps ministry, we're going to remind you God needs every person in this room to help the process. And we can be so worldly minded. What has Pastor Jay been talking about here? You know, that really touched me when he talked about King Hezekiah. The other, and if you have it, that was two services ago? Or was it just one service? Was it Wednesday, the prayer service? It was Sunday. Yeah, yeah. so you want to go back and listen to that. He was talking about King Hezekiah, and basically God said, get your house in order. You're going to die. And the reason, if you go to Chronicles, it says it was because of pride. He had got into pride. And I'm not saying that everybody that's going to die is in pride. Uh, But at the same time, walking in love is the number one thing that affects our faith. The other day, I was dealing with symptoms, frankly, and I, I needed to rest. I was walking out the door on last Sunday. I was going to be here last Sunday, and uh, I broke out in, in a fever, and some things started happening, and I called, and I said, I'm going to stay home and rest. And I, I, I got to, you know, but, but the Lord dealt with me. You were sharp with your husband a couple days ago. And I knew that that opened the door and just not getting enough rest. You understand? I need to get rest. Um, because we, we've got to treat our bodies right. And just going back and forth to Kansas City, I mean, that, that doesn't hurt us if we get rest, right? We just have to use wisdom, uh, as everybody does. But I did have to stay home and rest. But there are consequences when we're not walking in love. And we've got to get those things right. And I think you've heard Pastor Jay say it, and I've said it before too. Really, the only time that symptoms can get in really with me is if I'm not resting, or I'm not walking in love, or I'm not following the plan of God. So I'm just saying, you can be walking along and then and just you know think, well, it's okay. I don't like this person. I can talk about him, or I can have Pastor Jay for roast. You know, talk about him. I don't like what they're doing down there at that church. I don't like this. I don't like the other. And really, what's coming out is down inside of you, and it's affecting your body. It's affecting your healing process. So I would encourage you, get those things right. Choose not to speak negatively about your pastors, about your families, about people in general. Choose to walk in love. Choose to be a part of this local church. And don't shirk your responsibility, especially if you've been here for some years, to come to Helps Ministry. Well, I don't like the way you do everything in Helps Ministry. Well, another line under that is, I'm not going to do everything the way you like it. I'm just saying. I love you. But Pastor Jay and I, there are times when we go and we want to do certain things, and then we come to a place where it's like, well, either financially it's not there to do that or this or that and people make a lot of requests of us I'm just saying people make a lot of requests of us and if we can rightly do something and be a blessing we will do that but there have been people that lay out of helps ministry because we don't have cameras in the children's room well we do but not in the closet I'm just saying okay fork over $40,000 and we'll, we'll see about that okay I'm just saying Fork over $40,000 and we'll see about having a camera in the closet. 
Amen. Amen, Sister Debbie. Thank you. Praise the Lord. That was all free. So there are things that we want to do and that we have done. You know, I got these air filters for the church. And I apologize because it took two years to do that. And, but we got it done. You see those big dudes back there? Well, it's cycling the air out every 30 minutes to an hour. And so you're getting new air. Okay? Praise the Lord. Whatever that means. Okay. We have them in the, the ladies' bathroom. We have them in different offices. We don't have them over in that building because we've got an ERV exchange that the air blows in and out. So, but anyway, we want to be a blessing. To individuals. Well, I had somebody a couple years say, you know, uh, we would really like that in the offices. Well, I would like to do that. But it took us two years and, you know, it did cost money. I'm just saying. But praise the Lord, we did it. And I researched them and they're, and they're good units. And uh, here we go. Amen. But anyway, let's go on. Enough of meddling for now. I'm glad you're all excited. <laughs> excited about the word. Amen. Well, Pastor Debbie, you shouldn't be mentioning that. Well, if you don't give me a reason to mention then I wouldn't, okay? <laughs> All right. If you just come talk to me, maybe I wouldn't have to say it out here. Verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What I mean is you can talk behind the scenes and not come and talk to us about it because we let you know certain things. We let you know, hey, we're really endeavoring to do this or we're endeavoring to do that. But how many know you can't make, you know, 200 and some people happy all at the one time? Praise the Lord. But at the same time, we are constantly praying about doing things and being a blessing to you. Because it matters to us to be a blessing to you. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in what? In love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. My friend, I love you. Pastor Jay loves you. We are trying to get you to a place where your light will shine so that you'll be ready for the second coming of Christ. We are teaching about your righteousness. We are, we are teaching about the blessing of the life of God that helps you be healed and prospered and forgiven as a Christian. We are teaching you that you are crowned with righteousness and you can live righteous acts because you have the life of God within you. You can do all things through Christ. We do live in a fallen world. Do you understand that? All of us have missed it. Nobody's perfect. But I do. I know people in this room. And I know your hearts. And I believe you want to do the right thing. 
And I believe you know Pastor Jay and I, and you know our hearts that we want to do the right thing. And we purpose in our heart to be examples to you and to be a blessing to you. But our one main job in this church is to preach and teach and bring light so that you can have revelation of who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ, and what you can do with that in Christ. So don't allow the enemy to come and steal away the revelation that you have by some petty thing about whether there's a camera in the, in the closet or not, or some petty thing about somebody said this to me and I didn't like it, or some petty thing about we don't have air filters in here yet, or some petty thing about how we keep the bathrooms or whatever, because no... That it's about revelation and the enemy wants to eat your lunch. He wants to steal revelation from you by, and he wants you to get off into petty things. He wants you to go home and stew and be oppressed. Been there, done that, had the t-shirt. If I wasn't saying it now, uh, the reason I'm saying this is because I want to help people. I don't just want to get in your stuff. It does not make my day to come here and have to deal with things. But then you go home and God deals with you. You didn't say what I told you to say here. And there are some people that we try to come to get talked to us, but they won't. They won't come talk to us. So it gets dealt with in family counseling. Praise the Lord. But I will say this, we love you. And I don't get up in the morning to, you know, to come and address things or whatever. But move right along. I need a drink. <laughs> Y'all can have a drink too if you want. Okay. LaDonna left hers in the car. Well, do you need another one? The ushers are happy to oblige. Just wave your hand. <laughs> okay, there you go. Matt, could you get LaDonna a water, please? Thank you. I appreciate it. Y'all don't get one, okay? <laughs> just moving, moving right along. I'm just funning with you, okay? But you can have one just because you were bold enough to wave your hand there. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him. Now, let's move on. As you maybe could have determined, I wasn't real sure what I was going to be ministering on today. Now, 2 Corinthians 4.1. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. That doesn't mean that I wasn't studying yesterday. It just, it meant that I, I was actually meditating and uh, quite in the spirit yesterday about some things. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. That was just all free. Family counseling. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1, 2 Corinthians. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame. Not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now, I'm not going to ask for a, for a uh, 
show of hands, but I'm sure everybody at one point in time has thought a wrong thought or did something wrong. Okay. I'm just saying. Verse 3, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we receive the ability to be forgiven. And now we can go to God on a daily basis and and he'll forgive us of sin. So if you've done something wrong, don't walk in condemnation. Get up. Get up. Don't let somebody dog you for something you've done wrong. There may be consequences for things. You understand? But we believe in you. I said, we believe in you. We believe in you. And I believe that even though man has done wrong things, he has a right heart. And if you yield to that heart, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Now, this light that they're talking about, that's what we need to show the world. And what, what Brother Caps was talking about was there was a period of time where people, even those who were not Christians, they were walking in darkness, but at the same time, they had the ability, they still were at the top of that triangle, they had the, the ability to see light. Yes. Yes. They had the ability to see their answer. Yes. But for many years, they chose not yes. to go that direction. They chose not to receive Jesus Christ. And the time got shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. Now, I'm going to ask you to look up here and listen. Guys. Thank you. The time got shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. And those who were walking in the dark, darkness eventually no longer could walk in light. And there are many in the world today who have renounced Christ and have uh, rejected him for years. And they're not going to be able to come back to Christ. So we're going to have to move on to those who will. And stop worrying about those who have rejected him. We pray for our politicians. We pray for individuals. And we ask God, you know, turn their hearts. And I've done that many times over. Lord, turn their hearts to righteousness. But I'm telling you, there are people in this world that have rejected Christ to a place to where they no longer are going to come back around. And they're outside that triangle. They're standing outside. And they're upset because of the church. And they're upset because of the light. And they're upset because what they're, they're losing their profit. They're upset because they're losing people from their team. They're upset because we're not calling... The enemy, our God, they're upset. But what we do in verse 5, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. We've got to know our authority in Christ. And the Lord Jesus taught Dad Hagen this, that we take authority over the darkness over people's eyes, eyes, and then we release light to go to them. 
And it's the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that will counteract darkness. There are those who we're not going to be able to win. There are those who have rejected for so many years. I'm not saying to stop praying for family members. I'm not saying that if you've got a son or a daughter, there's a certain amount of authority you have that, that God will, I believe, bring them in. But are they going to be the next Billy Graham? I doubt it. Not always. The time is getting short. And we in the church have to understand our authority. And that's one of the reasons why Brother Cap said, and we'll read that one more time. That's why he said, As a perfect man ministering the fullness of Christ, this will be a short work of righteousness and will culminate with the rapture of the church. That's why we're teaching righteousness. That's why we're teaching authority. That's why we're going back to the beginning of time, the beginning of Genesis, and we're teaching you to follow the example of your father God. And you have the DNA of God. And you can say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and won't doubt in your heart, but you can have what you say. That's why we're teaching people you are righteous. That's why we're teaching people you do have authority. And you can take authority over the blinders, over others' eyes, and release light to go to them. And here's another thing. Ask them to come to church. Minister to them. Be led by the Spirit of God. Everybody I come in contact with, I'm I'm not always preaching and teaching to them. Sometimes I just say, God bless you. Sometimes I'll I'll say, Jesus loves you. Sometimes I'll ask them if I can pray for them. I'm just saying. And there are certain ones that maybe you get closer to at work. I'm, you know, don't harass people. But at the same time, God will give you open doors to minister Jesus. And somebody may reject and reject and reject. But if you take authority over the blinders, over their eyes, and release light to go to them, I believe that you will have an opportunity to get light to them. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Matthew 7.13. Matthew 7.13 says, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there a few will find it. And we also see, uh, if we go down there in Matthew 7.24, Matthew 7.24, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And why is he wise? Because he's a person that hears and he does. Verse 25, And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. My friend, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But there are righteous acts. There's gifts and there's callings. There's things that God has called you to do. And we start out in the local church. 
and we put our hand to help in the local church and we learn to walk in love and we learn to follow the fruit of the spirit and peace and love and joy and endurance and faithfulness and we stir these things up. That's why we shouldn't be disputing with one another in the local church. That's why Pastor Jay and I, we don't put up with that stuff. We just don't. If somebody can't get in, uh, get along in the local church, you sit over here and you sit over here. And walk in love. Because I don't, I don't need to deal with any of that business. Paul said, you ought to know about walking in love. But he also said, you ought to know about the end times. So we shouldn't be playing around with this. Like I said the other day, you know, just because I, I, I got snooty with my husband. You see, it's a space of time. Things are happening quicker. And I notice that if I'm not walking in love, that symptoms can come on really quick. Anybody else notice that? I'm like, I'm sorry, Lord. And I went and I told my husband, I'm sorry. I didn't want to. Okay? My, my flesh did not want to. Well, what did you do, Pastor Debbie? None of your business. He probably didn't do anything. It was just probably my flesh didn't like something. Isaiah 46. I'd like you to write this down. Isaiah 46. It is a time that we've got to be established in the faith. It's a time that we've got to be sober about who we are in Christ. It's a time that we've, it's not just about hearing about the second coming of Christ and just hearing about faith principles. It's a time that we have to warn people it's coming. It's right around the corner. And it can take you as a thief in the night. If you're not walking with God, you're, you're, you're getting outside of the vortex. If you're not fully walking with God, you're getting outside of that. Everybody has missed it in some way or shape or form. But we've got, like Pastor Jay said, King Hezekiah, he turned his face to the wall. And what did he do? He repented. He became humble. And there are times when I just have to get down and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I should have spent time with you rather than watching that stupid thing. Or I should have done. And it's not a matter. God doesn't want us to gravel in the dirt, so to speak. Grovel. Not gravel. Grovel. Pastor Jay says it's not gravel, it's grovel. Grovel. So we don't grovel in the dirt. We just say, Lord, I'm sorry. And then what do we do? We've got to declare the end from the beginning. What did God do in Genesis 1-1? He declared the end from the beginning. And Revelation is wrapping that up. But in Genesis, God already said it. We're in the seventh day. Actually, the sixth day, going into the seventh day. And we got to start saying some things. Because we've been talking about, although you are righteous, you, do you see the full effects of that righteousness? Do you see yourself as complete? Do you see an image of yourself doing what God wants you to do? Being righteous. Using the fruit of the Spirit as filled up Christians, praying in the Holy Ghost, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Well, Pastor Debbie, nobody does that today, do they? Come on. Come on. 
We do. We do. We're Christians. And my friend, when we get to heaven, it will far supersede any experience we have on this earth. So when we become heavenly minded, we'll stop looking at all of these things to gratify our natural flesh. We'll stop looking at uh, our petty things that we believe we have to have. Well, Well, you know... It just doesn't matter anymore. What did Solomon say? It's all vanity. Pastor Debbie, I just want to be rich. You are. Christ made you rich, but stop thinking about Amazon all the time, okay? (laughs) Ding. That was for me. Isaiah 46, 9. Sometimes you feel like you're a zombie. Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. (laughs) Ding! (laughs) Praise the Lord. Then I just want to, you know, I just got to get to a place I'm going to throw my iPad. It's like I'm not going to order another thing for at least a day. (laughs) Oh, I need vitamins. Okay. You know what I mean. I'm just trying to make it enjoyable. Remember the former things of old. For I am God and there's no other. Let me remember the former things of old. In other words, we're not talking about remembering your old man. He's talking about remembering the former prophecies. Remember what Isaiah said. Arise, shine, your light has come. Remember uh, Isaiah said in 53, 3 through 5 there. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Remember these things and walk in them. These are all shadows. These are all types of Christ. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. So that's what we're supposed to be doing. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand. And I will do all my pleasure, calling a bird of prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel from a far country. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. God sees you as complete. God sees you as healed. Because Christ took your sickness and he gave you healing and health. You just have to receive it by faith. And I would love to get up here and just teach you a nice faith lesson. But what God is dealing with me this morning, maybe we'll do the nice faith lesson next time, but what he's dealing with me too is couple this together with knowing who you are in Christ. You are the healed of the Lord. And walking in the liberty of that, getting people saved by your example, getting them healed by your example, uh, teaching them how to be free in their finances. Teach people about tithing. Well, I don't want to talk to people about tithing. Well, that's a problem. Is a pastor the only one that has... No, it's in the Word. Just, just take and do a research. You know, there are a lot of good books out there. There's some, there's some bad ones too. Pastor Jay said, Decreeing the end from the beginning is a family trait. We talk like God. Faith is God's prelude. He speaks ahead of time what he is going to do. He'll do what you say when you'll say what he'll do. 
He'll do what you say when you'll say what he'll do. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, let's go to Hebrews 12. Very quickly, Hebrews 12. We're, we're going to wrap this up. In verse 1. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great, a cl- so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. See, the time is short. So we're going to have to lay down some things that are keeping us out of God's best. Some of us are still at a place where we're just struggling to get to church. Am I putting you down? No, I'm not. But I'm warning you that the more you fight against that, the more you're going to be distracted by worldly things. So just if you purpose in your heart and use the grace of God within, use the strength of God within and let God strengthen you to come. Why do I need to come to church forsaking not the assembling together? You need to be here so that you can learn the teaching and the preaching of the word, who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ, what you can do in Christ. Encouraging you to walk in love. Well, I can watch live stream and do that. We'll see how that works out for you. There's something about you can be here in in your seat and you're watching it on live stream. And before you know it, you're watching some other program. Because the anointing will meet those who are doing things right. I said the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage when our hearts are right. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. God has authored some things in you. He needs to bring those things out. He needs you. He needs me. He needs people to help in Lee Summit. He needs people to help here at this church. He needs people to read their Bible and pray and grow every day. He needs people to pray. That hearts would be turned. He needs people to use their authority and take authority over the blinders, over certain family members' eyes, and then pray for them, and then ask them to come to church. Just like my friend got me up every Sunday morning calling me, say, come to church today. And if it hadn't been for her, I may not be alive today. That darkness could have overtaken me. But somebody loved me enough to get me up out of bed. Even when I got upset at them, said, you woke me up. When we're in eternity with God, is he going to get mad at us for waking somebody up? Wake them up. Do what you got to do. Get in their face. Don't let them go to hell. But at the same time, you know, don't be rude and unbecoming. I'm just saying we have a space of time and it's going to require us to get bolder. And that's why we pray in the Holy Ghost. Does anybody in this room understand what this preacher is saying? Do you understand that the time is short? Do you understand that God needs our gifts? That he's authored things in us? And we can't just continue to go on and just live life like usual. 
He needs us. Well, Pastor Debbie, if you would let me get up and preach in the pulpit. Probably not going to happen. Would you settle for children's ministry? Would you settle for sweeping, cleaning the bathroom? Did you know that you'll get a reward for that? And if you have a, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. God brought that back to me. If you have a call of God on your life, you know, we've got a Bible school that you can watch online. Amen. I said, we have a Bible school you can watch online. Well, praise the Lord. All right. Praise the Lord. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners. We're in verse 3, against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. Amen? So anyway, moving right along. I'm going to probably share one more scripture here. We'll see. Let's go to James 5. James 5. Verse 7. I warned you ahead of time, I didn't have everything in order here. So we're, we're sharing from our heart of things that God's been talking to me about. James 5, 7, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. Did you know that we're in the time of both the early and the latter rain together? There's a flood. Amen? Amen. But the, uh, the re- and you might say, well, I don't see a flood. It takes our faith. Yes. And it takes all of us in unity. Amen. And it takes us being hungry for these things. And then we bring people into the local church and we see them get saved. We see them get filled with the Holy Ghost. We see, that we see miracles happen. Amen. It takes that. And that takes a commitment to us to just think and not be thinking about all the natural things, but to be thinking about heavenly things. Yes. Be thinking about who needs to get saved at my work. Yes. Yes. Be thinking about who, who in my family, I, do I need to take authority over that darkness over their eyes? Come on. I'm not taking uh, take authority over them. I'm saying that darkness over their eyes. Yes. And then release light. Yes. I'm talking about in your prayer time. And then talk to them when you get an opportunity. Hey, have you tried out that local church? Make some calls in their area, maybe if they're out of state. Turn them on. Say, hey, um, Pastor Jay is on podcast. And, uh, you know, would you like, I, can I share one of his sermons? You know, you can share those from YouTube and from Facebook, what have you. And just share, start sharing these things. Get it out there. Amen. Amen. So let's move on here. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you... uh, Oh, actually, I missed something. Verse 8. You also be patient. Establish your hearts. And that's what I wanted to get. Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord is at hand. Establish means to turn resolutely in a certain direction. To strengthen, make firm, render constant, confirm one mind. So... It says, don't grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the the end intended by the Lord. That the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Why don't you stand up?
Let's be established. Do we know what day we're in? Do we understand that the time is short? God is doing a quick work. I'm trying to remember what scripture that was, but I've got several translations. I just lost the scripture part of it. It says, For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the, will the Lord make upon the earth. The Lord will be quick and sure to do on earth what he has warned he will do. The Lord will finish his work quickly. He has warned his people what he will do, and he will punish them completely. For he will make his account and gather it into a short sum with righteousness, for the Lord will make a short count in the earth. The Lord will carry out his sentence on the land completely and decisively. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. He who began a good work in you, he's faithful to what? Complete it. To mature you. To bring you to a resolute end. To bring you to a place where God can use you for his glory, for his kingdom. There's nothing that you've done in the past that can keep you out of God's best. Nothing. And I'm here to bring you into remembrance. Establish your hearts in that. Start saying, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You are not too old. You are not too young. There's a place for you, whether that's sweeping a floor, whether that's preaching in the pulpit, whether that's talking to the kids, whether that's changing poopy diapers, whether that's being on the worship team or not. We have a place to bring in the second coming of Christ. And we will be accountable before the Lord Jesus if we're not walking in our righteousness. Why don't you bow your heads. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for helping us to see And I'm asking that light would be shined to eyes in this room. You you already have been enlightening. I believe people have come and with hearts to receive. Already praying for light and understanding, for boldness and utterance to go forth so that they can get answers. But I'm asking you, even those in this room who have not taken into account what this preacher is saying. Maybe it's not real to them. Maybe it's not what they want to do yet. I'm praying for your mercy on that person and that their eyes would be enlightened to your call, to your glory, to your goodness, to how much better it is To live fully for Christ and give you all. Thank you, Lord.